Welcome to the Human Experience Podcast, the only podcast designed to fuse your left and right brain hemispheres and feed it the most entertaining and mentally engaging topics on the planet. As we approach our ascent, please make sure your frontal, temporal and occipital lobes are in their full upright position. As you take your seat of consciousness, relax your senses and allow us to take you on a journey. We are the Intimate Strangers. Thank you for listening. What's up, guys? Just a couple information bombs, and then we'll roll this episode. So we pretty much hit the phone number lottery, and the show now has a call-in number. We are eventually going to move into a live format where we can take your calls live, but until we make that transition, how about you guys leave us a voicemail? All you have to do is grab your phone and dial... 58689human. That's right. We have a vanity number. That's 5868948626. So yeah, please leave us a voicemail to tell us what you think of the show. The first person to do that, we will put on the air. So, this is such a great episode with Taylor Marie. It's such good energy throughout the conversation. I think you guys will really enjoy this. Thank you so much for listening. Give us a call. We have a vanity number, 58689-HUMAN. Thanks, guys. The human experience is docking with the International Space Station, and we have Taylor Marie with us. Taylor, welcome to HXP. It's a pleasure. Thank you. It's great to be here. Taylor, I really dig your rawness and your ability to be honest. It's the reason we booked you for the show. Why do you think people are so drawn to what you have to say? Oh, thank you. Um, Well, I think people are drawn to my videos because uh, there's definitely a lack of honesty and genuineness in the world. Um, And when they finally do hear some real honest truth, uh, it resonates with them. Um, You know, like we're surrounded by lies all the time coming from the media, government, fake articles on the internet, um, and fear of rejection or judgment, or even fear of offending others unintentionally. Um, So, you know, I hope that you know, people will be inspired by my videos to be more genuine and authentic in their own lives, uh, which in turn will inspire others to do the same and hopefully make the world a better place. Cool. I really like that. So let's Thanks. let's paint a picture for our audience. I mean, your life seems highly interesting from your travels around the world, but especially your decision to move away from your acting career. How did that happen? Um, okay, well... Um, in August of 2011, uh, when I was still involved with acting, uh, I actually listened to one of Joe Rogan's podcasts where Aubrey Marcus was talking about his experiences um, with ayahuasca in Ecuador. Uh, now, I've always been fascinated by psychedelics. Uh, I experimented them, with them in high school. Um, so naturally, like I was immediately interested. Um, and then when I heard, learned that ayahuasca is you know, this sacred hallucinogen that not only puts the person into this amazing trip, but actually helps people heal from different physical and mental ailments. Um, I knew right away that I needed to go to Ecuador to try it for myself. Um, some of the reasons uh, for wanting to go drink ayahuasca uh, were to heal from you know, some past traumas that I had as a kid, family problems, um, I had depression, anxiety, really low self-esteem and confidence issues. Um, And I also just genuinely wanted to explore the medicine um, and to see what it was all about. Um, I kind of saw it both as a chance to heal and grow spiritually and also to have this really amazing adventure and story to tell. Um, So yeah, just a couple months after listening to that podcast, um, I was actually offered a free trip to Ecuador uh, with my roommate at the time and one of her friends. And it was crazy because... 
I had never told anybody about my desire to go to Ecuador. So I definitely took it as a sign that I was meant to go and find the medicine there. So um, I brought the idea up with my roommate. She loved it. Um, she convinced her friend that we should all go, and we did. Um, and yeah, during my first ceremony, I was given this whole new perspective on life. Uh, I was shown endless beauty in all things and people, um, including myself. Uh, I felt unconditional love for all things, um, and then that was reflected back onto me. Um, I started a completely new relationship with trees and nature in general, and I learned that you know all living things are spiritual, that that's all consciousness, and every single living thing matters and actually has a purpose. Um, and you know, I, I felt unbelievably grateful during this experience, or during this experience, uh, you know, for the experience itself, for being alive, for the life that I've lived and will continue to live, and just for everything really. Um, and yeah, I mean, these experiences, the, or this, these lessons uh, from the ceremony and these new perspectives, uh, they stayed with me after the ceremony. And just a couple weeks after coming home from the jungle, um, I was sitting alone in my apartment and I just suddenly had this huge epiphany, um, which at the time felt a bit crazy to me. Um, and since nobody was home to talk to about it, I just decided that I would turn my webcam on and record it and then replay it just to see if I actually was going crazy or not. <laughs> um, so like what I actually realized in that moment was that I wasn't meant to go into acting. Um, I mean, not at the time anyway, uh, which, you know, acting was something I had been working on for years and it was, it was a big dream of mine. Um, but I definitely felt at that moment that I was meant to do bigger things. And I felt that I just needed to go back to the jungle to learn more about plant medicines, to apprentice with a shaman, um, and eventually just teach people about the medicine and, you know, guide them to the amazing healing and experiences. Um, and yeah, just a few weeks after that, uh, after, after I posted the video to YouTube, I made plans to go back to the jungle, um, to Peru this time, uh, for a whole month to work with the medicine. And that happened in May, 2012. Wow, that's a really <laughs> powerful story. Really interesting. Why do you think you've become kind of the ayahuasca chick? Why do I think I've become the ayahuasca chick? Um, <laughs> I don't really know why I've become the ayahuasca chick, you know, because there's a lot of people who post their experiences um, online and definitely other people who have way more experience and knowledge than I do. Um, but, you know, I think people gravitate towards my videos because I do speak straight from the heart and people resonate with that. <laughs> right on. Uh, how do you think you've garnered such a large following? Kind of a, the same question repeated. Um, well, like I said, I think it's because I'm genuine. I speak from my heart um, and I feel that people can relate to me and to my experiences. Um, it's probably also something to do with me being this young white Western girl from Canada who you know, just decided to one day up and leave to go out into the jungle seeking this mystical jungle potion from an old <laughs> shaman, you know? Yeah. Um, I guess to a lot of people it was a pretty brave thing to do. And, you know, then there's the fact that not a lot of people are comfortable publicly speaking about their psychedelic experiences um, since it's so taboo. So I think that also draws people in as well. Yeah, that's that's really profound. Um, do you usually set intentions before a ceremony? Um, sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. I mean, 
in the beginning I did because I had a lot of specific things from my past that I wanted to work on. Um, but there were times when I would set an intention and my experience would go in a totally different direction anyway. Um, and, you know, other times I'd just ask the medicine to give me what it thought that I needed to learn or experience at that time. Yeah, it's interesting how the the medicine works that way. Mm-hmm. So, so what is it like to work with a shaman? Um, it's definitely a unique experience. Um, I wouldn't have wanted to drink ayahuasca for my first time without one. Um, I'm not even sure that I would be comfortable drinking without one, like ever. <laughs> um, you know, shamans bring like generations of pastel knowledge to the ceremony and to the medicine itself. Um, they have years of experience working with plant medicines, usually from like a really young age. And, you know, they learn to master the craft. Uh, they know the spirits. They know that other world. Um, they know how to navigate it. Um, and then they, you know, they also know how to heal. And they work with the spirits and the, the plant doctors in ceremony to heal the patients. Um, like a lot of people say that they don't believe a shaman is necessary and that they can just make the brew at home and navigate through it themselves. And, you know, while it may be true that you still will get effects from the medicine by making it yourself, um, you're going to be missing out on the guidance and the healing and the knowledge and the protection from the shaman. Yeah, very true. I do not suggest that anyone takes and brews ayahuasca and does it by themselves. You will lose your shit. <laughs> so, um, so I think in one of your videos, you were in the jungle recording. So I really just want to know what it feels like, if you could describe what it feels like to be in the middle of a jungle on a hallucinogen. Um, well, it's definitely a very surreal feeling, um, especially the first few times doing it. Um, it can be pretty frightening as well. Like it's, it's very dark. There's so many strange noises that you've never heard before from, you know, all kinds of insects and animals. Um, you know, there's bugs everywhere. Um, I heard about UFO sightings where I was and I was totally paranoid about being abducted during ceremony. So (laughs) that kind of threw me off a bit. Um, um, but yeah, like it's, it's madness, but it's also such a beautiful experience. Um, you know, to be surrounded by so much nature is just absolutely so nurturing. And when you look at the jungle through the eyes of ayahuasca, uh, you really do see how much it is full of life and consciousness. And you definitely feel that you kind of merge and become one with it. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I think I'm more afraid of being abducted by humans than I am of aliens. <laughs> yeah, <it's, laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> So, so um, would you be comfortable with discussing one of your more difficult slash challenging experiences yeah, with us? Um, okay, I can tell you about this one ceremony um, where after I drank the medicine and it kicked in, um, I was basically forced to experience pure terror. Um, like there was nothing frightening about the ceremony or the visions that I was that I was seeing. Um, like what I was seeing uh, was like this small group of spirits that were sitting in front of me, um, but they weren't frightening. Like they weren't doing anything. It was kind of just like they were watching me, um, maybe waiting for me to stop being so scared. Um, but for some reason, all I could feel was terror, and it was it was nothing like I've ever felt before. Um, if I had to give like an example of something that would produce that same amount of terror. Uh, I would say that it would be like being abducted by malevolent aliens, taking onto their taken onto their spacecraft, um, and having them do experiments and surgeries on you while being fully conscious, 
And then watching them do the same things to your family while being completely helpless and knowing that you're stuck there for like all of eternity. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I mean, that that feeling, it was just it was absolutely unbearable. And there were times when I thought that I was going to seriously crack and just lose my mind forever. Um, I was crying. I was screaming. I was shaking. I was hiding under my blanket. Um, and it pretty much lasted the whole ceremony. Um, yeah, it was, it was horrible, but, you know, luckily once that passed, um, I was, I was laying down and I had this vision, um, of my higher self who came to deliver me a message. Um, it was such an amazing vision. I'd like never seen myself like this before. Um, I looked very angelic. Uh, a little bit older than I am now with like long blonde hair, this flowing blue dress. Um, and I had these like gorgeous silver and white wispy wings behind me that looked like they were um, made of like strands of light. Um, it was really, be- be- ugh, really beautiful. Um, and uh, yeah, my higher self communicated to me telepathically and told me that there was no difference between her and I, um, that I am the strong, beautiful, confident woman that I was seeing in the vision and that I should never feel anything less than that. Um, I was also told that no matter what situation I may find myself in, no matter how difficult or how powerless I feel, um, my higher self always has my back and I'm never alone um, and that I will always have the power to get through anything. There was a bit of a mixture of a... Of, of like the terror and then it kind of healed you after that then yeah it was it sort of you know put me through that terror just to show me that you know I was okay I was fine my higher self was there with me all the time and you know it doesn't matter I feel like that that terror that I felt was probably the highest form of terror I could feel so now that I've gotten through that I can basically get through anything <laughs> yeah exactly so yeah. what what's your advice for anyone looking to journey into the Amazon and try ayahuasca? Um, well, my advice uh, is to definitely make sure to do your research. Um, find the right center and the right shaman for you. Uh, seek out people who've been to the centers that you're thinking about going to. Ask them you know, if they're comfortable sharing their experiences with you. Um, if you don't feel good about a certain place or shaman, you know, even if the reviews are amazing, um, it's, then it's probably not meant for you. Just find what resonates with you. Um, And another piece of advice, which you hear from everybody anyway, uh, because it's so true, is to not have too many expectations going into the experience. Um, I feel like if you go in with really strong expectations about how it should be, um, you're going to block yourself off from having a true experience because, you know, you'll be waiting for one thing and completely missing out on what's actually trying to come through. Right. And what's your take on the dieta? Um, okay, well, I know in the past uh, I said that the diet doesn't matter, um, but I would like to correct that right now um, by saying that it most certainly does matter. Um, the diet prepares your body and your mind um, to become one with the medicine. Uh, it's it's not only about not eating certain foods in order for the medicine to work properly, but it's also about you know the self-discipline of sticking to the diet and for the you know the respect that you have for the plants and for the process as well. Hmm. Okay. There, there's a lot of information that you kind of download during an ayahuasca experience. 
how do you personally integrate that? How do you integrate the information that you receive through what you experience through ayahuasca? Um, well, a big part of it is, you know, just remembering what those lessons are and holding on to them the best you can and then actually practicing them in your daily life. Um, it, it can be really tough, though, uh, especially when you go back home to, you know, the real world, um, like in my personal experience, it was hard to bring the new Taylor home because, you know, the people I knew here have these expectations of who I am and how I should act. So I definitely caught myself falling back into old patterns and habits and acting the way that I used to around people um, instead of being my newly found true self. Um, but when I did like show my newfound true self to people, I, I definitely lost a few friends because, you know, there was no connection anymore. We couldn't really relate to the same things, um, so it was it was hard. But you know, it's okay because people change, and you know, friends come and go. And luckily, you know, my truest friends are still by my side, and that's all that matters. <laughs> um, I guess you know, it's it's also important to have people to talk to um, after you've experienced medicine. Um, people who you know, who know the medicine, or you know, if you can't find anybody who who's actually experienced the medicine, um, you know, try to find people who understand maybe, you know, psychedelics or spirituality. Um, or even if you join a Facebook group for ayahuasca drinkers, um, you know, just, just find people who you can talk to to kind of keep you, you can keep each other motivated to, to keep those lessons alive that you've learned from your experiences. Um, mm. And, like, another thing, it's also really important to allow yourself to be with yourself and to do the inner work that's needed, um, you know, like, meditate, read, write. Um, I mean, I'll be honest and say that I could have done a much better job integrating some of the lessons that I learned um, and, you know, allowing myself to process everything. Um, a big problem for me, personally, which I didn't even realize until literally a few days ago, um, is that I was putting way too much of myself online during the most crucial times where, like, I should have been focusing inwards to process everything and um, just to really get those lessons in there. Um, so I was I was way too focused with the internet, you know, my followers, emails, videos. Um, I put so much of my time and effort into, you know, giving my followers advice through emails or, um, you know, thinking about a new video to put out or keeping up with like all my social media sites and I just, I forgot to do that important inner work. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I didn't give myself enough time to myself and fully heal from some deep traumas that actually presented themselves during the last three years. So um, one thing that I'm definitely going to do now is uh, I'm, I'm taking a break from, from the online world for a bit. I'm going to just pull myself out of the public eye for a while and, uh, um, put myself into some talk therapy with people who who understand the medicine and uh, spirituality and and yeah, just get some just get some stuff out. And you know, a, a lot of people would ask me, you know, why why not just go back to the Amazon and work with the medicine some more? Um, but you know, I, I I don't really believe that the medicine alone is enough to deal with some issues. Yeah, it's, I definitely agree. I think it's really important to integrate those experiences. And that's a major realization is that you're, you're not taking the time to kind of integrate what you're learning. And for me personally, I, it takes 
a while. I mean, I, I don't understand what's happening after a session immediately. So it definitely takes time to integrate. And I think your decision to move away from the public eye is a really healthy choice. And I'm glad that you're you're doing that. We're, we're kind of doing this podcast. And so that that's really cool that you are here with us. And so while you are, can we talk about the healing and transformative properties of ayahuasca? How do you think this medicine can help people who aren't necessarily aware of it? Um, yeah, okay. Well, well, obviously, like the medicine's not going to help anybody unless, <laughs> unless they're aware of it. So the first step is to bring the awareness of the medicine to the masses. Um, and then, you know, I think the next thing is really getting it legalized and, you know, used by psychotherapists. Um, I don't believe that everybody needs to go down to the jungle to experience it with a shaman in a hut with a bunch of strangers. Um, I believe that <clears throat> for this medicine to provide the best results for people who are suffering from deep-seated issues like depression, uh, past traumas, or ser serious mental health issues, um, I think it needs to be administered by a trained psychotherapist, you know, in a safe, comfortable setting, um, you know, where they know the medicine well, they understand spirituality, and, you know, perhaps they also work with a true shaman, or, you know, perhaps the psychotherapist has actually become a, a shaman themselves. Um, one example of uh, how ayahuasca can help people um, is it allows the person to view their life from a higher perspective. Um, it allows them to see or relive traumas from their past in a new way. Um, so, not from the perspective of a victim, which is how most people view these things, um, but rather from the perspective of an observer who understands that everything happens for a reason. Um, and this perspective provides the person with the bigger picture of, you know, why the incident happened, what lessons they were meant to learn from it, and how it can strengthen them as a person rather than being beaten down and, you know, making them feel weak and powerless. Uh, so... Um, yeah, and then it goes on to teach the person how to take this perspective into their everyday life so that when difficult life experiences do arise, um, they can deal with them better and not instantly label themselves as a victim and slip into depression or rage or stress. And even if they do happen to fall into the victim mode and become depressed, um, they will have a better chance of identifying it quick, quickly and hopefully pulling themselves out of it just like they did um, when they were under the influence of the medicine. Yeah, that's so massive. Um, how, what is, what do you think, what do you say to a person who's stuck in the same way that you were doing something they don't want and maybe don't have the courage to pursue something else? Um, well, honestly, I mean, if you really don't like where you are in your life, if you're unhappy in any way, then you got to do something to change it. Um, you know, a lot of people might be scared to take that first step, but, you know, once you do, you'll, you'll find that the rest is easy. Um, well, maybe not easy, but I mean, you find it more enjoyable because you're actually taking the steps to doing what you love and to being happy. Um, but I mean, if you're too afraid of change, then you're always just going to be holding yourself back. Um, I think a big thing is to listen to your intuition. Um, I feel that Western society has become so disconnected from their intuitions, which is truly a shame because I feel like that's where all our inner knowing lies. You know, it's our, it's our compass. It's our higher self leading us in the right directions. Um, and personally, I mean, I don't believe that our intuitions can lead us astray. So 
if we can really focus on that and learn to live, you know, from our hearts and from our intuitions, then we will, we will all just lead better lives. So what's your, what's your takeaway? I mean, what have you gained from your experiences with ayahuasca? Um, well, ayahuasca has really opened my eyes to seeing the world as a playground, you know, as a place for humans to, to make mistakes and to learn and to grow. Um, you know, it's, it's taught me that everything is consciousness, that everything is purpose and meaning. And at the same time, it's also taught me that life actually has no meaning at all. Um, you know, life is actually what you make it. You give it the meaning. So if you believe that life is about hard work and stressing to make a living, then that's going to be your truth. But if you want to believe that life is a game and we're here to have fun and experience new things, then that's going to be your truth. Um, I, I don't believe that there is a right or wrong. You know, there's, there's no good or bad. Um, there just is. And that's all. <laughs> I like that. Uh, so what are you up to these days, Taylor? What are you, what are you working on? Um, well, as I said before, um, I decided to just take myself out of the public eye for a while, focus on myself, process everything that I've gone through during these last crazy <laughs> and amazing three years. Um, I actually just got hired full time. So I'm going to be, you know, working a normal job, um, looking for an apartment here in Toronto, and I'm just going to lay low, work, focus on myself um, and my relationship. And, um, oh, and since I won't be traveling again for a while, I, <laughs> I plan on becoming a regular at Float Toronto, um, which is a, a float center here that just opened up in the summer, um, because that place is like a serious little getaway in the middle of the city. Um, and I encourage anybody listening, if you're from, the, in, from Toronto or the GTA, uh, I highly suggest checking them out. <laughs> Shout out to Float Toronto. Yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so... I, I noticed that you have some t- retreats planned. Uh, how does that work? Um, well, currently, yeah, I've got four retreats planned uh, for March, April, May, and July. Um, well, once those are done, I, I don't think I'll be planning anymore, um, at least not for the time being. Uh, however, if somebody comes to me with a group of four or more people who are like seriously ready for a retreat, um, I will help you set one up. Um, and if anybody is interested in doing that, um, you can just head to my website for more information, and that is taylormarie.org. Okay. Um, well, Taylor, I know that you're, you seem to be cruising and you're taking your tolerance break away from the internet, and I think that's a great decision, and I'm so happy that you could kind of make that statement here on The Human Experience. Um, do you, where, how can people find your work? Um, okay, well, there's obviously my YouTube channel. Um, I did recently make most of my videos private. Um, I kept three of them up, three of my most popular ones. Um, I'll eventually make them all public again one day, but just for, for this break, I'm going to keep them, keep them down. But anybody can find and subscribe to my channel, um, which is uh, youtube.com slash bombshellspacefriend. Um, and I'm also on Facebook. Um, I have a Facebook page, uh, which, again, I won't be using um, for a while, but you can still uh, like it and wait for me to come back. Um, and that is facebook.com slash taylormarieaya. Um, I'm also going to be back on Twitter at some point, which is at taylormarieaya. And I use Instagram, which is still up. Um, I've made it private, though, so you have to be approved to see my pictures. Um, I'll approve you, though. You'll be, it'll, it'll be okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> but that is also taylormarieaya. Cool. Well, Taylor, I don't want to keep you here for too long. I know that you're 
about to get turn your computer off for a long time. <laughs> so um, thank you so much for being here. And uh, it was really informative. Um, we will be back next week, guys. And this is the human experience. I'm Xavier and we're signing out.